Oh, yeah. It's time. The Orange Knox Life Podcast is what you are now tuned into. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Hard Knocks Life. The Hard Knocks Life is brought to you by Four Roofs ATX. Go to fourroofsatx.com and get yourself an estimate, get yourself a quote, get yourself a brand new roof. Make sure you go to four, the number four, roofsatx.com. Now let's get into it. It's another week of the Hard Knocks Life and it's game week, people. It's the time that everyone can put up or shut up. We've been waiting long enough and football is back. And I can't wait for football to get kicked off. This weekend, Texas Longhorns go into battle with the Sun Belt Conference and Louisiana Lafayette. It's a team that is uh, ranked 23rd in the country and Texas is ranked 21. It's a matchup of two ranked teams to start the season. Now, there's a lot of good games, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the week. But the main focus of this week is the quarterback conversation once again. This doesn't seem to go away, and there were some things that were said at the press conference when Coach Sark finally made the announcement. First off, over the weekend, um, my good friend Chip Brown made the announcement. He was the first one to break the story. And then everyone else followed suit, no matter who you're listening to or what you're listening to. Um, the official announcement came from Coach Sark on his Monday press conference. And uh, to no one's surprise, from all the reports that we had leading up to this, the answer was Hudson Card. Now, when I say to no one's surprise, it was because of the reporting. But to me, it was a shocker because I thought Casey had done enough to do to lead this team. I thought he had uh, quote unquote skins on the wall by being here and, and being part of this team throughout the years, being in the same room as Sam Ellinger and everything that goes along with that. But Hudson card is a, he was number two dual threat coming out of high school. He was talented elite 11 participant. I actually think that he won the elite 11, but either way, he was highly regarded coming into the University of Texas and just a great athlete. And we've talked about this before. No matter who was going to win the battle, what, what needed to happen was to everyone to get on board with it, to buy into it, trust Sark, and see exactly what's going to happen on uh, September the 4th. But Sark kind of threw us for a loop um, because I always thought that when he said that once I name the quarterback, that's where we're going to roll with and we're going to be able to go from there. Now, as the conversation went on, Coach Sark went on to mention that both quarterbacks were going to play and they would be reevaluated for game two. That's interesting to me because I thought if you picked a guy, you were going to roll with a guy and that's how the season was going to go. Now, obviously, situations happen, and maybe he said, you know, maybe he felt, and he said this, that both of these guys, it's not a knock against Casey. He could have easily been the starter, 
It's just the work that both of those guys have put into it, the less mistakes during the training camp and all that great stuff. But I still question, and I'm, I'm, I'm believing Sark, so don't get it twisted when I say what I'm about to say. I still question why is it that you have to state that both guys will play instead of just letting it play, play out. Just go out there. Hudson's my starter. Because what we do end up having, having is quarterbacks looking over their shoulders, quarterbacks trying to do too much, quarterbacks trying not to make the mistake because they don't feel like they should lose their position. And I, I'm telling you, it, it, it plays on the quarterback's mind. Like right now, I really would like to be in the mind of Casey Thompson because of the fact that he felt, I know he felt that he did enough to, to warrant the starting position. And that's always a delicate situation. And I appreciate Sark a while back saying, I can't make decisions based on people's fears or them wanting to transfer or anything like that. And I respect that. I respect that a lot because you can't, there's a hundred players on that team that he has to manage and walk and walk through and do the things with them that needs to be done. So I appreciate that for sure. But the other thing about it is what is the team's feeling? Now we're five days, well, three days now away from the big game, right? The Sark era begins. Everyone's excited. 100,000 in the stadium. Everybody's going to be there to root this team on to see what the Sark era looks like. But he said something else in the press conference that kind of had me scratching my head when he was talking about the roster is not constructed the way that I would have constructed it. First off, it doesn't matter what the roster is constructed. It's yours. We went through this before where the cake was baked and the icing wasn't put on it. And then we went through this whole circus of quotes and changes and non-conversations. And I don't want to hear that again. I don't. Your roster is yours. You make what it is and you go from there. You can't go and say things like that because kids are impressionable. Kids listen. And what exactly are you saying? Did you not want the linebacker crew? Because it seems like we got a lot of depth. You brought guys in. Okay. You didn't want the defensive line. Her defensive line is really balling out. And a lot of those kids were here too. Then you look at the secondary. A lot of talent in the secondary. So I'm really trying to understand what that statement meant. And again, I want everybody to understand me. I'm a big fan of Coach Sark. I think he's been forthright. I think he's been straight up with us. I think he has walked the walk, so to speak, of what we as Texas fans and people that cover the team, we have nothing but respect. And like I said before, we're going to support no matter what. But again, my question is, what exactly do you mean by that statement? And I'm shocked that more people didn't press him on that question because we 
destroyed the previous coach when he said certain things, especially those types of things. So I'm just curious to what exactly that is and why did he state that during that question? Because you, you got to take ownership of this. And again, words are special. And how you say them and how you deliver them and what the t- intent of them are. And I really wish that I had the, the audio to play for you because then you would understand. But I, I saw a news report run it the other night and make that statement. And again, I really wish that we could have been able to ask a follow-up question to that because those are the types of things that when you make those statements, and I've been a player, I've been a baseball player, I've been a football player, and you make a statement, I've been a basketball player, I played sports. But when you make statements like that, it gets you wondering, who's he talking about? What, what did he mean by that? Is it my group? Is it me? Is it, oh, he wouldn't have recruited me? Like, there's so many different things that go into that. But to be quite frank with you, 65% of the players on this team are blue chip type recruits, top recruits. So I don't know. I just kind of was taken aback by that. Uh, during the week, congrats, well, let, me, let me finish this. Congratulations to Hudson Card. Well-deserved. You worked your tail off. You put your time in. You did everything you needed to do, and you saw something. And I know that you were recruited by Coach Sark and Jeff Banks to Alabama. You were the number two dual threat behind the quarterback that's starting for Alabama, Bryce Young. Congratulations. And I, I wish you nothing but the best. Casey, continue to work hard, continue to put that grind in, because just like in any other thing in life, you're one play away from being in there and having to do whatever it is you need to do to help this team win. And I know you're going to rise to the occasion. I know both of you guys are going to play well. Continue to keep your heads up and continue to work because obviously week two, there's going to be another evaluation to see what's who's going to be what. So good luck to these guys. And, and I wish that uh, nothing but the best for you guys because I know what's going to end up happening. You're going to end up handing the ball to number five, B. John Robinson, and getting that boy fired up and ready to go. So that's the beauty of it all. The two deep was released this week as well. And some of them have, there's the one thing that I took from this is there's not any oars on the starting two deep. You know, last year and the year before that, there was a lot of oars. Uh, this person may start or this person may start. There's distinct information that tells you who the guys are and how the other players are going to have to do their work to get on the field. And a lot of things that stood out to me, obviously uh, the news came out on Monday, the Troy O'Meary's not going to be able to play. We're still waiting to see this kid on the field. Everything about him excites me. He's a big, strong, physical dude, but like everybody else says, you can't make the club in the tub and I need him to get healthy so he can have that opportunity to show what he has all about, what he's all about. But just looking at it from afar, you know, you got Hudson Carter as a starter, B. John Robinson, 
Xavier Worthy. We've heard a lot about this kid during the offseason. He cracks the starting lineup. Uh, Kevontae Dixon, obviously, he's been dealing with an ankle injury, so hopefully he can be out there and be ready to go. Uh, Joshua Moore and Jordan Whittington make up the three wide receivers. Cade Brewer is going to make the start. And then here's the good one at tight end, but here's the stuff that we've talked about throughout the whole offseason. What is the offensive line going to be about? And uh, Christian Jones, who's played a lot of football now and been at the University of Texas for quite some time, gets to start at left tackle. Denzel Okafor, who has been at the University of Texas since I think it started the University of Texas. Denzel Okafor will start at left guard. Jake Majors at center. This young man uh, came in late last year and did unbelievable job um, at the center position. And I think he's going to be one of the great centers at the University of Texas because everything you hear about this kid is nothing but great stuff. And that's going to be very special because with him being a redshirt freshman and then Hudson Carr being a redshirt freshman, these guys get a chance to grow together and have that opportunity to be that quarterback center combination that we love around the University of Texas. And then you got Junior Engelau at right guard. And the man that's been here, I think he came in with Denzel Okafer, is uh, Derek Kerstetter. Derek Kerstetter had that horrific injury last year at K-State. And now he's getting an opportunity to go out there and finish the season up strong or start the season strong. And that's a credit to his work ethic and the things that he's continued to do to get on that field. We call him the, uh, the jackknife or Swiss Army knife, excuse me, not the jackknife, the Swiss Army knife. And now he is getting an opportunity to start his 29th game at the University of Texas. He can play all over the lines. On the defensive side of the ball, obviously, Jacoby Jones and Alfred Collins. Jacoby Jones is going to start at the end in the new Jack position, but best believe you're going to see Alfred Collins play a lot of football. Moro Ajomo, who, by the way, is one of the most intelligent young men that I've ever heard speak, is going to get the start at defensive tackle. Keandre Coburn is a monster. He's going to be anchoring the nose tackle position. And I can't wait to see Tavondre set and Byron Murphy. Those guys are going to get some time too. And, and there's no drop off on that defensive line whenever those changes are made. On the other end, in the buck position is going to be Ray Thornton. You know, K-Town, baby. Went to LSU, transferred in. But you know we got to represent for the 2-5 folk. Always got to have one of them on the field. And then we're going to also, the biggest story of camp has been Luke Brockermeyer playing in the uh, middle of the field at middle linebacker. This kid has been working his tail off and now he gets an opportunity to start at the university where his dad played, where he grew up watching. And now he makes a start as a walk-on, by the way, to be on this team. Obviously he was preferred walk-on because of the family lineages, but uh, he gets a chance to start. And that means that he's done an unbelievable job in camp. And then of course, my man, Agent Zero, DeMarvin Overshawn will be the one that will be starting that wake side linebacker. I got a chance to talk to DeMarvin the other day. And, you know, I asked him what it was like sitting on the field after his injury and watching everybody play. And what did he reflect on? And he said it gave him a chance to look at it from another position. Some of the things that he didn't see on the field while he was playing, he could 
observe from the sideline and see certain keys. And he really dove in to this linebacker position. And let's, let's take that back too. When he got asked to make that change to that position, he was not for, he came in as an all American safety, an absolute stud. One of, I mean, his body six, four, two And he came in and just was like, I'm gonna play safety. I'm gonna play safety. And I just remember during the spring game, he hit Casey Thompson twice on a goal line run. And when I say he hit Casey Thompson twice, he hit him so hard that I told everybody that was sitting around me, I said, this guy is going to be special because of the closing speed. Let's, he may be playing linebacker, but let's not forget he played safety. And so he can re react and he can go downhill. So I'm excited to watch that kid play agent zero. I even got a shirt, bro. I even got a shirt of Agent Zero. So I can't wait to watch him play. Uh, cornerbacks, we got DeMarvin, I mean, excuse me, uh, Deshaun Jameson. And we also have Josh Thompson, two of the best players on the team, two of the leaders of the team, and two guys that have a lot of game experience at, at the safety. Strong safety is uh, B.J. Foster. You know, B.J.'s had an up-and-down career at the University of Texas, came in with a lot of hype, just like, Marvin Overshawn, but he had to fight through injuries. He was out with a busted hand and continued to uh, make some changes. And then let's go with Brendan Schooler at free safety. Brendan Schooler, who's throughout his career, he's played multiple positions, played multiple schools. Last year, he started at wide receiver, and now he's starting at free safety. All I can tell you is athlete. And that's what he'll be able to do. And I can't wait to watch him play as well. And Anthony Cook, one of the hardest workers on this team, this kid was in a transfer portal. He was about to leave, came back, new coaching staff, new eyes. And this dude came out and won the position to play the star position. So there you are with the two deep on offense and defense. Obviously, Cameron Dicker is going to be a very, very special player for us this year, for Texas this year, excuse me. He's a kicker and he's going to be handling the punting duties. Um, Deshaun Jameson, Roshan Johnson are going to be back on kickoffs. And then Deshaun Jameson obviously is going to be back there on the punt return position. And let me just tell you this, special teams is going to play a major part in the success this year of the University of Texas. I can't wait to see how the special teams are going to perform, especially with Jeff Banks and the things that he's brought to the table to the University of Texas and how he wants to make sure that these kids understand exactly what it is that they need to be doing to be a part of this. And I know that as we continue to break this down, I'll be talking a little bit more about the game against Louisiana Lafayette later in the week. I'll give you more information about their team, what's expected of it. And just to put this out there, I just want you to know how the money has flipped. This line opened up at 16 and a half points, University of Texas. It's down to a touchdown now. Everybody is hammering the money on Louisiana Lafayette. And now it's down to a seven-point game. Vegas odd makers know exactly what they're doing. So make sure you're paying attention to what's happening because it's happening right in front of you. So thank you again for listening to another edition of the Hard Knocks Live. I can't wait for football season. I'm going to talk a little bit about the spreads. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going down at Texas State. But most importantly, I'm going to talk to you. And just remember this. 
Don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace.